What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to City Radio. That's right. It's the official podcast of Detroit City FC. My name is Neil Rule, the voice of LaRouche. As always, the City Podcast brought to you by Real Team Real Estate and Range Lending, the official real estate providers for Detroit City FC. And the guy sitting next to me here is we are recording live at the City Fieldhouse. That's right. We're in Detroit. Everybody knows a guy to my right. That's right. Trevor James in the house here. Absolutely. Give it up for Trevor James and Cody. Look at that. You, wow. Wow. You're married. I'm, yeah, you're married. I'm married. I never get a reception like that when I get home. No, me, me neither. But no, <laughs> no, but Tiffany's normally with me, so that's, she's always working as well. So that's, uh, <laughs> Absolutely. But, Coach, I certainly do appreciate you uh, taking the time here tonight. And, you know, the, the biggest thing that everybody's wants to talk about that I want to talk about that set social media on fire what happened at Keyword Stadium this weekend? The Liga MX team comes in. The Liga MX team goes home with an L. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously a, a fantastic night. Still fired. They're still fired still, up about still it. Fired up. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic night for everybody. I mean, you know, the players to one to be in a game like that and then to perform as well as they did, um, and and still, you know, which was pleasing for me was still the way we played. We still we played it. We didn't we didn't kick anybody. We didn't try to not do what we don't normally do. So it was great for the players to be involved and to play at that level, and obviously for everybody connected with the club, the ownership, supporters, um, everybody who works for the club. You know, there's a lot of people work in the front office, and a lot of people work on on game days. You know, to to be there on a on an, an event and an evening like that, where you know, arguably the biggest the biggest result the club has had up to this point. Hopefully, there's more to come. Uh, but for everybody to be there on the time, obviously, that was a, a great achievement, a great time for the club. And that was something that was going around Twitter. In that, and I know Mackie. Uh, Mackie's here tonight, as a matter of fact. Hey. Make sure, BTN Plus tomorrow. Mackie's doing Michigan State women's soccer. So right. uh, so fire up the stream. He'll right. be on the play-by-play uh, for that again. I, I won't miss it. I don't miss one. So. <laughs> so so make sure you fire that up. But Mackie put this, uh, this poll out on social media and said, was this the biggest – win in the history of Detroit City and, and I responded I thought about it for a couple of seconds and, and I responded and said if, if you talk about in terms of a measuring stick for what this club has accomplished and, and I remember my first game that I broadcast for Detroit City over at Estadio Cazteca mm-hmm. uh, looking out of a press box with a clouded window that I that I couldn't see out of. Right. Uh, the press box was roughly about 119 degrees right. give or take a couple <laughs> degrees. Um, but with all that being said, to, to think about what it's come from there to this. I mean, a Liga MX team, one of the top 10 leagues in the world, one of the upper half of the table teams yep. from there too. I mean, because the, the big detractors that, that got on there and talked about it and said, well, there were academy guys on the team. And yes, there was. But there was also two guys that played in World Cup. Mm-hmm. There was a guy that was on loan from an EPL team. Yep. Uh, there were guys that played in La Liga that played in the match, that they went to in the 70th minute of the match, too, when everything got really real. Yeah, correct, yeah. I mean, you, you know, you look at it from that standpoint, That that's a le- – I don't I don't care. That's a legit win. No, that's um, – you know, a lot of those players will be involved throughout the season. I mean, they've done – they've started off as and having a great start to their, their season. Um, a lot of the players who played against us will, will start this weekend. Um, and a lot of those players who who who, who – did did come from either academies or fringe players, will all play a big part for them um, through their year. So, it's a, I mean, I've played enough uh, Liga MX teams with a number of clubs, certainly MLS clubs, and you don't often beat them. 
you know, MLS teams don't often beat Liga MX clubs, um, certainly up till recently. And um, and to beat one of the, you know, as you said, one of the top six right now, obviously, is a fantastic achievement. I mean, you know, for the boys to, you know, we we had players, um, a lot of our boys have, you know, have come from college. Um, they've they've sort of looked to be pros and haven't quite made it and haven't had the the opportunities they think they should have. So. You know, to 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 still be able to play at that level, it just shows you that we are we do have some quality in our team. Um, but no, as far as your question, I, I you know I find it difficult. You know, when you beat an, uh, a team like that, it, you know I look I, I'm looking at results because obviously I'm results based with with sure. what I'm doing. Um, obviously, there's been some great nights and great evenings and great days for the club previously. Um, but I think to you know you, you're setting something by beating a. A league MX team, you are setting your your standard a bit higher, and that's where we want to go. Obviously, the club wants to go further. They want to be, you know, obviously as we go into the professional ranks, we, you know, we're going to have a lot more uh, nights like that where we have to be right and we have to compete with the top teams. And and uh, the way this year has gone up to this point, I look forward to that because I think there's some good times ahead for us. What was it about that match tactically that worked? for Detroit City because to the naked eye and, and again broadcasters are funny like in my role I describe what's going on and I'm around the matches all the time so everybody thinks I know what I'm talking about and I don't I'm the first one that, that says well, I the, don't know I have the same problem people think I know what I'm talking about but <laughs> then I don't no but but tactically in terms of what you guys do it didn't look that much different to me I mean you guys went out and played your style that you play you know I, I couldn't tell the difference between that match or when you played Kalamazoo that tactically things were the same to yeah, me yeah yeah we do we do the same thing obviously it's you know the day in day out we do a lot of a lot of ball work a lot of passing a lot of passing between the, the thirds in the field and and you know again when you when you play a team you know a, a team of that level, they, whatever shape they start in, they always finish up with the playing three, four, three or three, five, two. They they tend to do it, and because they're, they're technically very good, so we didn't change it. We just said, right, we're, they're going to have a lot of ball in the middle of the field. We need to get you know people or in the middle of the field need to be closer. And I think we learned a little bit of a lesson from the Juarez game, uh, and we took it to that. But no, we just play we played the same way as we would, and the way we will Saturday, uh, we'll play the same way and. Um, uh, and as I said, we've we just got to be strong and we've got to be brave and courageous in those sort of games to still believe in what you're doing. And obviously, Saturday night we did. You know, we believed what we were doing was right and we had the confidence to do it and uh, and got the revo- result for it. It was funny to me, Trevor, because when Ryan Peterson scored that goal, the whole tenor of everything changed. To, to come out and get a goal in the third minute like that, it really put Atlas back on their heels and they were chasing from from there on out. I mean, you could you could tell the demeanor of everybody on their bench changed, the the attitude of everybody that was out on the pitch that all changed. I mean, it became real again. You know, I, I'll keep going back to this phrase. It became real for them mm-hmm. the second Ryan Peterson scored. Yeah, I think you know a lot of the teams come, and you know, with all due respect to who we are and where we are, they come and they do do feel that it's a, it's going to be quite an easy night for them. They don't have to get out of second gear really to compete and maybe win the game comfortably so you know and you see teams start and they'll start like that it's it's you know they'll look at it as a little bit of a testimonial game a charity game um they don't want a trip to america yeah that's almost right. like a paid vacation exactly exactly so 
you know, so, you know, when you do that to them and you score a goal early, some people say it's the worst thing you can do because you make them angry. But what it did, it made the game, it, they, they then realised there was a game that they had to put themselves out for if they were going to get a result. Um, and uh, I think it woke a few up and uh, obviously it woke the bench up a little bit and uh, they were far from happy. But but I think, as you say, to start with, they don't realise it's going to be that competitive when it is like that. They have to step up and, uh, and 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 fair play to our boys because we didn't we didn't back down at all and we didn't let it change us. Absolutely, that that's something I want to touch on next. But you are listening to the City Radio Podcast, the official podcast of Detroit City FC on SoundCloud. Uh, in the works as we speak right now. It will be available on iTunes soon. I promise. Stop tweeting me. I promise. It's uh, it's going to be up on uh, iTunes very, very soon. I'll get it to all the podcast outlets coming up in the coming days. So don't worry. We, we got you covered. However you consume the podcast, we're certainly glad that you are. Of course, it's brought to you by Real Team Real Estate and Range Lending, the official real estate providers for Detroit City FC. And Trevor, you mentioned that when the game escalated at that point, that friendly stuff went out the window. I mean, anybody that was watching that match and the physicality picked up, I mean, it became a, a quote-unquote real match mm-hmm. at that point. And that was when you know, little Detroit City FC, this this cute little soccer club, you know, that that's when, when it steps up like that, that's when they're supposed to back down and they're supposed to fold because these are professional men that are coming in there. But this this was the thing that really struck me about it was the guys went back at them just as hard. Mm-hmm. And when it got physical, they stood right up for themselves. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. As I said, you know, you start a game like that and, and they don't feel it's going to be a, a battle. And then when they realize it is, they have to then have to change it and, and compete. But, um, you know, right through the game, I imagine through the first half, they thought it was just a matter of time before they scored, before they scored another one and maybe scored another one, one comfortably. And we would ease off. But, you know, we've... we've We've got it, you know. In the last few games, we keep playing. We keep playing, and we, you know, through the through the NPSL uh, season, there was times where we stopped a little bit and we had a little bit of breather and and looked at ourselves a little bit. But we seem to have have, have taken on a a little bit more now that we knew we do realise where we are. We do realise that there's a lot more at stake for everybody. Um, you know, certainly the players, and it's a great opportunity. So I think they've taken it in the game. So. When you know when the team step onto you and and you don't give them space and you don't give them time to play, then you, as you said, it gets a little bit chippy then because people you're supposed to let good players play, aren't you? You're supposed to leave them and let them play. <laughs> yeah, so. exactly. But if you don't, it's hard to play. Yeah, and that certainly was the case. And uh, Trevor James joining us here, and we welcome social media questions. Anything you guys got, you can send it to the hashtag City Radio. And if you're listening to this, say it's uh midnight on a Tuesday. And a good question pops in your head. Fire it away, man. Hashtag City Radio. I'll go through them all week long as they come in, and I'll be getting to those in the coming weeks as we plan to be here pretty much every Wednesday night right here at the City Fieldhouse. We're in Detroit. Trevor Trevor James, my guest here on the City Radio podcast. And, and Trevor, just, just wrapping the, the Atlas talk up, the, the double edge to that sword now when Detroit City pulls off the next – big thing because you're coming to expect it now bringing Serie A teams and Liga MX teams I mean I no word whether or not Barcelona's coming through uh, mm-hmm. next summer yeah. hey, 
I'm going to start that rumor right yeah, now. I, I That's what want, I'm hearing, I, guys. I'm not going to break the news, but I'll let, <laughs> I'll let you do that one. <laughs> that's what I'm hearing. But, I mean, with that, though, comes the added expectations now. But but that's where you want your team to live. You want them to live in those expectations. And the next time a, a huge-name club rolls through here, fans are going to expect a similar result. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as you say, you do. You, you, you need to be consistent. And, obviously, we build a culture of, of playing – the way we do, we also build a, a, a mentality, a culture of mentality where, you know, we do have to compete. We do have to compete that um, that hard if you're going to play good teams. And so that's what we, we still keep, you know, putting together in the training field. And, and you see it in games. And obviously to do it in a game like that and to actually, you know, to do it in a game like that is probably worth 20 training sessions with me. Because they, you know, they they show themselves that they can actually do it. Sure. If they do it, and uh, and that's why it's always great that when you play a game like that, that you f- do finish up, even though you're under a bit of pressure towards the end, but you keep going, you, you do get the reward at the end, and obviously that makes a massive difference in development of young players and development of people who realise they can actually play at higher levels if they want to. Trevor, I want to change it up in just a couple seconds here and get back to the NPSL Members' Cup schedule because that is the, the next thing on the docket. You guys have a tough road match uh, at Milwaukee. And before I do that, Neil Rule here for Real Team Real Estate and Range Lending, the official real estate provider for Detroit City FC. And, and I could hit you guys with a lot of cute taglines and advertising speak and stuff like that, but I, I'm not doing that. I know the owners of Real Team Real Estate and Range Lending. They help me get a house. It's the biggest financial transaction you're going to make in your life. And all I can do is tell you, that the people at Real Team Real Estate, the people at Range Lending, my guy Tom Lauer and everybody affiliated with them, I trust them implicitly. That, that's the highest recommendation I can give to anyone as far as handling the biggest financial transaction of your life. Go to mirealteam.com, Range Lending online as well. They can handle it. You want to see a house at 7.30 p.m., say it's 7 o'clock on a Sunday night, House comes across, you see on Zillow, you want to get in at 7.30, you call your agent up, you get in that house at 7.30. That's the way it goes. They're real estate people, real estate professionals. They'll get you in that house and find the house that you're looking for. MIRealteam.com. Make sure you support the companies that support Detroit City FC. Trevor James here. We're live at the City Fieldhouse recording the City Radio Podcast, the official podcast of Detroit City FC. So Trevor, you and I were talking before we hit the air about this matchup this weekend at Milwaukee and the high of the Atlas match. And I can do this because I'm not a player. I'm not a coach. I look down to that match against the New York Cosmos mm-hmm. because that's got the name appeal. That's got the sex appeal to it, all, all that type of stuff. I can do that. I'm not a player or a coach. Mm-hmm. But you guys have to go to Milwaukee, and you have to play that match, and you have to come away with three points. I mean, if you look up trap game in the dictionary, there's a picture. It says Detroit City FC at Milwaukee. No, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, as we just talked about how we're trying to build the mentality and the culture – Again, this will be another big test for us. Do we go? Can we go into Milwaukee with the same the same attitude, the same mentality, the same work rate? If we do, if we can do those things, then hopefully the result will take care of itself. But it is a test for us. It it is a test because obviously they've seen that we've just beat the, the we've just beaten Atlas. So again, if we didn't have a target on the our back, the antennas before, go up now. Yeah, yeah. So you know, if we didn't have a target on our back before, we again we do now. So. Uh, it will be about us and and again how we uh, how we approach the game and and really our work rate because if our work rate is good we will pass the ball well enough to get a good result so again that's what we've been talking about a lot this week and we will over the next couple of days 
And I think the I think the boys realise it now. As I said, they realise how they get their rewards, how they get the results. Uh, and again, you know, it, it'll be a test for them. You know, it's it's hard to to get up again for a game. You know, thinking you've got another game next week, you're going to get up for. So, but again, you know, beating the Cosmos next week uh, won't matter, as you just mentioned. If we lose to Milwaukee this week, so yeah. so every game is important, and every game, obviously, we have you know um, eight league games to go, and every game is three points, and and obviously, if we can take care of the games that we should win, you know, with a good performance, then you know we won't be far away at the end of the year. But it will be getting us right to hopefully have the right attitude to, to be there. So, What's your early impressions of the MPSL Members' Cup, the, the Cosmos with a 3-0-1 mark uh, as it sits right now at the top of the table with 10 points, but they also have played two more matches than Detroit City. If you go by points per match, uh, City sits at the top of the table. Your early impressions as, as you've seen it so far? Yeah, um, obviously I was very impressed with Chattanooga in the first game. I thought they were a very good, uh, very strong outfit, very well balanced, some good individuals. Uh, and looking at the league table and their results, I'm surprised that they haven't got more points on the board. But as you said to me at the weekend, that's why we don't play the games on paper, right? <laughs> sure. Uh, so uh, you know, so I think they're a good group. I think they're a good team. They'll, they, you know, they'll, you know, they'll they'll be tough from now to the end of the season. But again, they've got themselves in a bit of a hole. So Cosmos are a good team. We know that. We know we know everything about the budgets and this and that and the other. But they are good players. But I also read, I think, this week that um, that the Atlas um, team was the the value of the Atlas team was just nearly fourteen million. So uh, that's you know the Cosmos will be less than that. So um, so there you go. So right? again, so it's the same thing. So economics one hundred and one by Trevor so, James. So, so, the, so the glass is half full there. Not, well, not I was told there would be no math. That's why I showed up. Oh no, no, yeah. not with me around. No. Okay, very cool. I'm, I'm all into stats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, but as I said, you know, I think the the league is. Obviously, a little bit of a mixture. Where we had a the game in uh, in California, we we sort of uh, played really well early on and put that game to bed. And and uh, that team have, have struggled a little bit with their games. Um, Milwaukee have done well. They've drawn at the Cosmos, so they're they're obviously a good unit. They've drawn with Chattanooga, so they know they're not a poor team. They're a good team. So we know what what's coming this week. We we probably know exactly what we're going to get. And it's just can we deal with it? Can we can we cope with it? And can we push on a little bit more? And that certainly is the scenario. And you know, even, but you may not know this. Even back in the in the uh, previous NPSL days, Milwaukee, for whatever reason, they're just they're grinders, man. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't know. I haven't got into the to the research as far as their roster goes. Mackie probably knows more than I do. But mm-hmm. like, I'll put you on the spot, Mackie. What roster wise, what's Milwaukee looking like compared to what they have? Do they have some of the similar faces. Are they different? You don't. Mm-hmm. You got nothing. All right. Have you, uh, while you're out there, Maggie, could you, would you give me the scouting report, please, yes. so I can work on that? Thanks. Absolutely. Okay, System thanks. breakdown and everything. <laughs> we are live at the City Fieldhouse. We're in Detroit. Trevor James with me. My name is Neil Rule, the voice of La Rouge. You're listening to the City Radio Podcast, brought to you by Real Team Real Estate and Range Lending. Big thank you to Tom, by the way, for coming out. And more importantly, Tom, thank you for the City yeah, Ale. Yeah. yeah. yeah that, cheers, Tom. Yeah, cheers, Tom. Appreciate it. Podcast a lot more fun when you get to knock back a couple of city ales. Uh, speaking of fun, yeah. Gin, what is that? It's a ginger beer. Yeah. Ginger beer. All right. Yeah, yeah, it's it's from Bermuda. It's exotic. <laughs> it is. It's so it says anyway. So <laughs> Bermuda, huh? Yeah. Okay. That's. I, I'm not hating, man. I respect no. it. You need. Uh, 
you need ginger beer to make Moscow Mule. That's so right. that's, that's yeah, I'm that's, a big supporter. That's why. Yeah, I, yeah that's, give it up for the Moscow Mule, that's everyone. What, that's why I ordered it. I thought we might get some of those. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of fun, Trevor, uh, take us through this. And, and I told you I'm not sneaking this one up on you. What does and, and this is a question I think everyone wants to know the answer to. What does Trevor James do for fun? Take me through a fun day <laughs> for Trevor James. Um, Film, scouting. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty much that in the season. It's it's pretty much all work, you know. And uh, and Tiffany will probably back me up on this, and uh, and she'll keep saying about we should do this, we need to do something, we need to do this. But I do find it difficult. I do find it difficult to to put the ball away. Really, it's always uh, it's always football. So uh, you know, when I leave here, you know, it's it it's hard to switch it off. So whether it, we're lo- I'm looking at video of game coming up, looking at video of other teams who are playing you know with eye on players and you know that sort of stuff because you're always evaluating and scouting other other players so a lot of it is work i mean we have uh we've been to theater a couple of times uh tiffany we are we go to the theater um so we've been to theater a couple of times where else have we been we we walk a little bit not as much uh, as she would like me to but we do walk a little bit down along the river um so we do that because we live close close to the river um what else we do? We've been to a couple of restaurants. Yeah, we go to restaurants a couple of times. We go out for dinner. We've been to, I think, Bakersfield. She likes that because it reminds her of California with the Mexican food or the tapas and um, and uh, tacos and things like that. So, so we go out a little bit, but not as much during the during the season. I what, do. What I find ab- it difficult. What about the off season when when you put the video down and and you put the tactics down and the charts and all that stuff? Yeah. What what do you what do you do for fun, Trevor? Right, uh, but I used to play a bit of golf. I mean, I used to. That was I was keen. I was now you're talking. I was a pretty keen golfer at one point, and uh, and did have ideas of retiring and and trying to make the uh, Champions Tour. But, also, uh, you are good. Yeah. Well, now that was what I wanted to do until I played three times a week and realized that I couldn't break a hundred. Then I thought, well, that's <laughs> yeah. probably not going to happen. Yeah, I've, only, I've only got fifty years left, and it's probably not going to happen. So, <laughs> yeah, that uh, is a requisite if you want to win money playing golf. Then you do true. have to break a hundred. No, that's true. That's true. No, so um, no, as I say, we 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 don't do too much. We we will go to. Um, I normally go in the off season. I normally go home. Uh, to England to to visit my mother. She's she's been unwell for a number of years, so that's the time I can get home. And uh, my brother and and his nephew. Uh, so I get home and see them, and obviously at the same point, I'm scouting, I'm watching games, I'm I'm doing that. But a lot of the off season now is, you know, there's scouting opportunities, and and I've been on a on with Soccer X for a while, so I do the Soccer X conventions and and things like that where. Where I'm, uh, you know, I've been on panels and speak. So if they have them, I'll go there, and so I do a lot of that sort of stuff. But I don't think I, I'll ask Tiffany when I get back tonight. Well, if she's listening, she'll probably tell me when I walk in. But I don't know when the last time we had a holiday, you know, an actual holiday, like an actual no, vacation. No, no, I can't. I can't remember. I know we went to, we were in, we were in Europe. We were in England once, and we went to Rome for three days. And we went to Paris for three days, so I suppose that counts. So, and that, but that's that's been it, though. I mean, yeah. that. But see, Trevor, that's the thing. I mean, and and you've you've worked for some of the biggest clubs in the world, and and you you've been an assistant coach at MLS at the highest levels, and, and director of scouting, and, and all those types of things. I don't know. I mean, people obviously know that the time requirement that that a job like that takes, but I I, I think they know, but they don't know, mm-hmm. and. Being around, you know, I, I, I do play-by-play for basketball in, the, in these coaches. When they wake up, 
it's basketball mm-hmm. until they go to bed. And then when they wake up, it's basketball. Again, kind of like what, what you do mm-hmm. in season right now. It just it is your life. There is no escape because I guess every second that you're not scouting or you're not doing tactical work or you're not doing video work, there's another coach that's going up against you that probably is that, yeah. that's looking for that edge. Yeah. I think you do. I think, you, you know, you, when you're coaching, you, you, you're trying to prepare and you try to obviously cover every you know, plausible scenario, yeah, even some that are not plausible. Absolutely. You know, and then you still don't ever get near it. Things happen in games that you never thought of or you didn't work out and you think, well, maybe I should have done that. You know, but it's a bit, you, you, after the, after the event. But no, it, it does, it does sort of take over um, because you, especially in the role here, because there's so much that we need to do and, um, uh, and uh, you, you have to be focused on, on preparing. You know, for example, in the mornings I get in. Uh, I, if I haven't done it the night before, but I normally do it in the mornings now. I used to do it the night before, but now I don't. Um, I don't know why that's changed, but you know, I plan. I obviously plan practice or the training session. Um, so I, I come in and do that in the mornings, and and obviously, hopefully, I've got all the information by that point of who's training, who's injured, who can do this, who can do that. Uh, so I don't have to change it too much. Uh, then I run, the, you know, obviously caught in the mornings if there's anything that I need to sort out with players or, or or with the CEO or anything that needs to be sorted. I'll do that before we go out to training. I run the session. Um, yeah, Harvey assists me. I run the session and then back. They get back for lunch and, and then I switch the phone on and, you know, there's 20, 30 messages that needs to be replied right. like an hour ago. So, so it, it's just catching up during the day, really just catching up. But that seems to be how it is and obviously the the main enjoyment is probably on the field when you're coaching you know and that's my best and you beat league mx teams yeah that's good yeah <laughs> that, that that helps so um so yeah and again obviously the games are different different days for the games but yeah but I, I, we don't we don't as i said we you, you brought that up and i'll get absolutely hammered from tiffany now because she's been <laughs> she's been asked to me for well I was going to say days, but it's weeks and months. We need to do more outside of the game. We need to do more things to just put the ball away for a little while. So um, I'm sure she'll bring that up. All right. Well, I'm sorry I got you in trouble no, with the fine. misses. No. Um, I don't I need get in trouble any, with mine all the time. I don't so need any help. I'm, I'm good at it myself. So I don't <laughs> Questions here on Twitter. And, again, you can ask your questions anytime. If you're listening to this, it's 2 in the morning, and, and a good question pops in your head. Fired off on Twitter with the hashtag CityRadio. At Tim Solomon, NGS Grayskull wants to know, Coach, any roster ads coming up or players coming back? Um, yeah, we will, we will be adding – we will be adding a couple of players um, uh, soon. In the next week or two, we will add a couple of players. Unfortunately, um, uh, Marlon Evans, uh, centre back for us, he was away. He's, he's actually he arrives back t- late tonight. He uh, had a, he's received got a, a knee injury playing for Guam. So uh, unfortunately, he's out for the rest of the season. He played for Guam last week. Uh, he's got a knee injury which repri- uh, requires surgery uh, and he won't play very soon so uh, we possibly will add another centre back um, and hopefully that will happen in the next week or so um, and uh, yeah so we probably will add a couple There's our, there are one or two I mean I say one or two there's a l- lot of players who, as you can imagine who want to come and play for this club now so you know it's just weighing up the, the balance of Obviously, budgets and accommodation, and 
you know, having um, too many players in the same positions, which obviously makes it difficult for people to get playing time. And But we do need to strengthen with a couple of players, certainly coming up these next few weeks, because we do have a bunch of games coming up th thick and fast in, uh, in October. Trevor James with me. My name is Neil Rule. You're listening to City Radio, the official podcast of Detroit City FC, recording live at the City Clubhouse. We are in Detroit. We got some leagues going on over there right now. The bar is open. We know we have proof in front mm -hmm. of us. Uh, so, so that certainly is the case. Uh, Wednesday nights we do this, so love to have you come out. Uh, got a good crowd on hand here tonight as well, and uh, can't wait to meet everybody. And, and Trevor, uh, as always, the, the City Radio Podcast brought to you by Real Team Real Estate and Range Lending. Trevor, I, I did want to put you on the spot just a little bit because as a guy from England and the people I come across in the broadcasting world that are from England, uh, the sports fans that are from England, I always like to get their takes on soccer in America, and, and you are, are uniquely qualified to do this, uh, spending a lot of time in MLS and being at the highest levels of the sport here in America, uh, growing up in England as well, uh, having spent time with Barcelona, you are very uniquely qualified to answer this question. As, as you look at the state of soccer in America right now, what do you see? Well, I see it's, it's come a very long way in the time I initially came. So it's certainly, you know, a lot more people are playing, a lot more people are, are coaching, and it's the standard has generally gone up as far as 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 far as individual player ability. I think more people are technically better, um, but uh, the 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 issue I feel, and then I am a little bit out there on my own with this, and I speak to. I've done this at soccer conventions and, and, and that. The, the issue that I feel we have is that we our coaches in this country are, if you're a coach, you're a coach. So it means you can coach an under-12 boys team, an under-16 girls team, an under-10 girls team, the LA Galaxy. You can coach anybody because you're a coach. Uh, and the failing of that uh, what it does is it, it, it means that every coach becomes a recruiter. So, and I know it's a big deal in college because you recruit the best players and, you know, academy teams and youth teams will recruit the best players. And then whoever recruits the best players, whoever the college recruits the best players and they win, well, they're probably the best coaches. So effectively, you don't, you know, a coach becomes a coach. Now, a lot, of, a lot of other places in the world have specialized coaches for different roles. So I think what we miss out is we, we don't have developmental coaches. For example, you would never hire Bruce Arena to coach an under-16 boys team because he wouldn't develop the players because that's not his strength. But you, some under-16 boys team, you wouldn't hire to be head coach of the revolution. So... I think it's horses for courses, and I think sometimes here in this country, we'll we'll hire people will retire playing, and they will get a coaching position in an academy or a, a MLS B team or whatever. But they've never got any experience; they've never coached in their life. But they'll get that position. But they will see that position as the first step, and the next step will be head coach of the first team. So we don't develop coaches so you know we don't don't ex don't be surprised if we don't develop players if you do, if your coaches can't develop players don't be surprised what you get you right. get the same 
Right, exactly. You just get the same. So I think when I said initially that I think the, the technical ability of players has gone up generally, I think it has, but it's all the same. There's no... Peaks. There's no peaks. There's right. nobody standing out. There's no, you know, players who can make the difference. And that's, you know, that's the big, that's what the way the money is. And, and Trevor, this this has kind of been my theory about it. It's interesting that, that you spoke about it that way because cause my, my take on it is that in America with soccer for some reason, and you see this in AAU basketball and stuff like that, we coach backwards in America. When, when you look at what they do in Brazil or Italy or Spain, and you mentioned it, the, the U10s, the U12s, the U14s, they take some of their better coaches mm -hmm. and they, they coach the U10 team and the U12 team and the U14 team because that's by the time you get to U16 or U18, that's the player you are. That's yeah. the style you play. Your strengths are your strengths. Your weaknesses are your weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And in America, we confuse winning with developing players. So if you're a U10 coach and, and you win the, the whatever cup at whatever travel tournament that mm -hmm. each team paid $8,000 to be in, mm -hmm. if you win that cup, then obviously you're developing players because you won. And yeah. that, that, that can't be further from the truth because right. if your striker's not good on their left foot, oh. when you get to a certain level, I'd be at a U16, U18 level, mm. they, will take that le they will take that right foot away. Exactly. And what you said there is that, that coach who's done a great job with those kids by recruiting the best players and, and I'm sure they all love him and they win so the parents love him or, or whatever yeah. it may be or her. doesn't have to be him. And, and he does that. It's because he does so well, he then suddenly gets... The Orlando B team, who are 21 years old, so he's so he, he, which is a completely different job than to the under tens. Sure. So, but because the way we look at it, coach success of coaches is based on recruiting, you know, and and you can look at the top MLS coaches, uh, and a lot of them who got into MLS when it started were the best college coaches because they were the best recruiters. So it's it's a little bit, you know, if you're successful, you know, if you're successful as a team, regardless of the age, it don't necessarily mean that you move up to a a first division team or a, or a head coach or an assistant with the with the MLS team. That's really not what you're good at. You're probably good at that age group that you've been successful with. So a lot a lot of coaches I think move on without getting experience of coaching and developing players. They move on because they had a 12-year career in MLS, which again, it it's helpful, but you know, coaching is completely different to playing. Yeah, sure. What yeah. what about in, and let me let me ask you to put your uh, you know your director of scouting for the Chicago Fire hat on here. Mm -hmm. NCAA soccer mm -hmm. to me, and I, and I've had discussions with this both publicly, you know, on on the record, on recordings with with Division One college coaches, and off the record too, as well, sitting at a bar having a beer. College soccer in America hurts the game in America, being that the players from college soccer usually are the ones that get drafted in the MLS draft. Mm -hmm. They're not playing soccer. They're, they're playing hockey with 11 people on a grass field yeah. with, with the substitution, the waves of substitutions. I, I was doing a college soccer game this weekend. Seven players came off the pitch at one time, and mm -hmm. seven came on, and then two minutes later, five came on. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's just – it's 19 players had played in the first 26 minutes of the match. Uh, yeah. Like, that's not real no. life. No. No, as I said, I think there are some, you know, a lot of it, the, the college game doesn't help the game develop. I think because of the season is, is so short or, squ or squashed in. 
Um, I think that they should be, you know, and again, it's a lot of schools are private schools. They can do what they want with their finances and so on. But it doesn't help the game when you have, for me, and this is my opinion, it doesn't help the game when you can sign, recruit and sign 35 players. Right, because what's, you know, <laughs> only 11 play at a time, man. To, to, you know, because you think, well, the more we get, you know, we might we'll find somebody who's, who's better. The more players we sign, they don't go and play for somebody else. So a lot of players don't get playing time, and that's, you know, that's the greatest um, development tool is to play games. Sure, no, so, no question. Uh, so I think the rosters are too big. I think they carry too many players. I think they make too many substitutions because people have got to learn. Players have got to learn when it's through the good times, through the bad times, and sometimes you've got to push people beyond where they are. So absolutely, I think it's a it's it, it doesn't help the game. It doesn't help players develop into the better players for me. And I I agree one thousand percent. Definitely in lockstep with you. Real quickly, coach, before we let you go, and you are listening to the City Radio podcast coming soon on iTunes. Appreciate you listening right now on SoundCloud as well. Remember, you can tweet questions with the hashtag City Radio. Final couple minutes here of the podcast, coach, and and you look at. This match, we talked about it earlier, this Milwaukee match, certainly a, a trap match. You guys trying to work your way back up to the top of the table. Uh, points per match, you guys are at the top of the table in that respect. Oh, what should we expect this weekend? Uh, yeah, pretty much this, you know, hopefully pretty much the same as, as you saw. I don't think tactically we won't be any different. I mean, we've got one or two people who have been nursing injuries this week uh, from the game. Whether they'll make it in time to be available, uh, we'll see. Um uh, but we, we will, we, you know, you won't see too much. We'll, we'll play very much the way we do. And um, as far as personnel, obviously, I think it's going to be till Friday before I know who's available. To be fair, but uh, but as I said, everybody's, you know, you can you can tell by the team last, you know, on Saturday, everybody's rearing to go. Everybody's ready. We got people who weren't in the team last week because of injuries are rearing to go and are ready. So there's competition. There's competition for for the places and. Uh, and in fairness, everybody who's played so far has, uh, has done very well. So I just hope that, as I said, we get the mentality right, we go there and we realise what we're there for and then we'll do that. And then we can then think, uh, after that game, we can think about the next one. There you have it. Well, guys, give it up for Trevor James, the coach of Detroit City FC. A big thank you to all you guys for coming out here to the City Clubhouse. Big thank you to Tom for buying the drinks as well. Tom said next week, whoever shows up, he's buying all the drinks. I'm just kidding. Tom didn't say that. I said that. No, Tom's waving that off. Guys, that's not the case. That was me saying that. <laughs> That was me. I'm joking. I'm joking. No, but I hope to see you guys out here uh, pretty much every Wednesday. This is the spot. This is how we're going to do it. So, Trevor, again, thank you very much for Trevor James. My name is Neil Rule, the voice of Detroit City FC. Thank you, everyone, for listening to City Radio, the official podcast of Detroit City FC, brought to you by Real Team Real Estate and Range Lending. Well, see you later. <laughs>